What up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Black Expat Podcast. My name is Carl, and I'm excited to be rocking with you guys for yet another episode. I'm happy to be here this Wednesday morning. My apologies. I got the Wednesday morning check-in started a little late, had a little bit of things to take care of. Actually, I'm giving a pretty huge speech next week. Um, Well, a webinar presentation at the University of Minnesota. I'm really excited about that. So I've been just finishing up some last minute things in preparation for that. You guys can actually check it out. I'll put the link in the description of this show. Yeah. So, you know, something I'm doing new, uh, a few speaking engagements here and there, but you know, I speak for a living. I love podcasting. So any chance I get to share my story, uh, to give feedback, to give advice, uh, and also to learn, I'm definitely going to make sure I always jump at those opportunities. But before we get into the topic of the day, what I do want to mention and see if you guys have even thought about this, and I'm sure many of you have, it. I kind of was just reminded about it in a meeting I had this morning, right? My meetings are super early, 6 a.m., whatever. But yeah, like, you know, because of the coronavirus, we all have to wear a mask. And, you know, a friend of mine was like, yeah, you know, for the hearing impaired, uh, for people that are deaf, uh, people who read lips uh, and use sign language, like, it's incredibly difficult with everything that's been going on. And I'm not even just talking about adults. Like, think about young kids who depend on this to be social with people who can't use sign language, right? They depend on reading lips and communicating using you know, facial gestures and movements and things like that. Uh, but it's hard to do that when you're in a classroom full of students and adults and teachers and family members who have to wear a mask. Like, man, it's like, it, it really just reminds you, you know, to think deeply about um, how the world has changed for a lot of different people outside of yourself, right? So I'm always encouraging myself to think outside of myself, um, not just to be reminded of, oh, how fortunate you are, but to think about, you know, what impact and what things and how and in what ways uh, can we continue to be creative to help others um, and to give back? You know, that's a big part of, you know, what I do is always finding ways to give back, uh, just to be reminded of, you know, we all have been helped and need help at some point in our lives. So, hey, you know, just, man, coronavirus really shook up a lot of stuff for a lot of people and it made things extremely inconvenient. Um, but yeah, that was something interesting I wanted to share in case you guys were just trying to think about different ways in which the world has changed and adapted, right? So things have happened to help those people, of course, but it's just when it first happened, it was like a boom, kind of all happened at once and out of nowhere. But today what I want to talk about is friendships. Now, if you've been following me for a long time, I've talked about friendships before uh, from a different perspective. And, you know, everything I share is always related back to, you know, the Black expat myself, but an expat's perspective. But I am, I don't want to say a firm believer, but I do believe that people's personalities, like you are who you are, right? We all have the capacity to change. Um, and I think we all do change, you know, as life goes on. Uh, but some things about some of us, some people are just in us, are just innate. It's just, that is who we are, right? So if you're in a, if you're a morning person, you are a morning person, right? If you are not a morning person, you aren't. Uh, if you like doing things a certain way, if you are detail oriented and you have to have things written down a certain way, that is who you are, right? If you think in a certain way, if you can just wing it, as they say, like for me, when I give speeches, I don't like to write down what I'm going to say because it boxes me in. And I feel like if I don't stick to that script, 
I'll start to stumble and fumble. I'm like, oh, well, I'm supposed to say this, right? It locks me into something. And I don't like that. I don't like feeling boxed in. I don't like feeling like I have to do it a certain way because to me, it just leads to more errors for me personally. But some people cannot give a speech unless they have it all written down, right? They have to go about it verbatim. They have to be prepared in that way. My preparation is different. What's the assignment? What's the goal? Right. And do I have experiences to match the assignment? Oh, because I just feel I can talk about my experiences for a long period of time at ad nauseum, if you will. I don't necessarily need to be super organized to talk about what's real. And I I I I care about being authentic in my approach when I'm talking about things. You know, so I say all that to say, no, you are who you are, right? And sometimes it's a good thing, sometimes it's a bad thing, but we all have the capacity to change. But um, I also believe that people's personalities are amplified in crisis, right? More of who you are comes out in emergency situations, right? And what do I mean when I say that? If you're selfish, you're even more selfish in moments of crisis, right? If you are caring or giving, you're even more caring and more giving in moments of crisis, Right. And what is a crisis? It could be anything. It can be an emergency. It can be uh, something comes out of left field. It can be your plans change. It could be it could be anything. It could be like, you know, you lose your job or like, like oh, I'm super like I'm super enthusiastic. I'm super positive. Right. Because we've seen because that's me in a lot of ways. Like I've seen people lose their jobs and it just destroys them. Like They can't bounce back from it. They're like, the world is ending. I don't know what to do. I don't I don't have that energy or that motivation to to power through this controversy, through this crisis. And then those who lose their job was like, you know what? This is just life telling me I need to move in a different direction, right? This is just a sign, right? There are people who, and I, I said this before, and I know it kind of ruffles some people's feathers, people who like confrontation, like arguments. They feel like they're necessary. They feel like they feel like they're needed. Like, oh, this is they 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 normalize it right because it's normal for them it's it's an okay way to communicate right there's those like oh yeah like yeah arguments are good it means that we're talking through issues like oh like yeah this is like like this is this this has happened to me in my life and around people that I've been around forever it's a normal part of how things are then there are those who are like no they will literally walk away from controversy like no i'd rather handle this like an adult have a conversation resolve it and I can move on. I can move on from this. I don't need to be locked into this. You you said something I didn't like. I, I told you about it. We talked about it. Boom, I'm done. On to the next. Then there's those who can't let that go, right? So your, your personality is amplified in crisis. And sometimes it's amplified when things don't go the way you anticipated or even wanted it to go. Then your personality really shines through. Right. Because, you know, when everything's going well and you're happy and uh, there's nothing that's going wrong, like it's so easy to just skate by, to just live. Right. To, to just live because you don't have to deal with anything. Right. Your personality, like everyone's everyone's happy, looks very similar. Right. Worry free, carefree, smiles, all of that. Everyone's not happy, looks very different. <laughs> Right. What is happy to some people isn't the same, but what it looks like when you're happy, what you look like when you're happy is similar. But when you look like when you're not, when things aren't going well, how you handle controversy, it's very different. Right. I used to work with someone 
uh, who just would shut down, would never acknowledge things that he did wrong. It was always someone else's fault. He never wanted to even talk about it with people closest to him, except women, because he could manipulate them. Right? That's just a fact about how this person was. But I say that to say, um, but the second part of that, before we get into you know wrapping it up, is life is about how you react to things. Right? Now, here's what you to think about. These these two things, these two concepts I set up are important for the conversation moving forward. Um, friendships. You know, when you as an expat go abroad and you you are kind of forced, if you want to, because I, I want to use the word force, you make friends, right? And similar to the way you make friends in America, um, except that, you know, they didn't grow up with you. You know, most of our friends, we met them in school, right? Through these social systems and social constructs that we have in place for us to socialize in America. It's a very American thing, a Western thing even, right? Socializing is important, right? So I have my, I have my mom's friends who had kids and I'm friends with them, but we're not good friends because we didn't go to the same schools. Like the best friends I have in my life, I met all of them in school, whether it's grammar school, middle school, high school, college, most of them in some way are tied to education. And then it's dating, right? So when you date someone, you meet their friends, and you may not know them from school or whatever, but sometimes you create these everlasting friendships with them, even if you don't continue dating that same person. And when you go abroad, it's similar. Uh, oh, and then when you go to work, you have work friends. And sometimes work friends come turn into great friends, turn into lifelong friends. And sometimes they don't. A lot of times they don't, actually, but sometimes they do. Whereas in Taiwan, it's a little bit different, right? Work friends become like school friends because you see them at work and outside of work because especially as a foreigner, when you're Taiwanese, people that you work with have families and their own friends that they grew up with, that they rely on, that they don't they don't necessarily need to branch out to foreigners, unless they want to. They can when they have time, but they're not making time for you. They're making time for their close friends. And then if they have extra time, you get that time. Whereas expats, when you work abroad, you know, we as foreigners don't have that base. So we make time for the people we work with who then have friends outside of work that we kind of socialize with and becomes friends with. And oftentimes when you're abroad, you know, you, everyone goes for abroad for a reason. They live abroad for a reason, uh, but you make connections based on need, right? Because for people who are dependent on certain friendships, usually don't leave their home country for an extended period of time. I can't live without my bestie. What would I do without you? Those people, they don't, they don't, they don't leave for the most part. It's hard to pull them away. And if they do leave, they're like, nah, I'm six months in, they go. Right. From experience, I can tell you. Those, those, those attached people, they ain't leaving. But you know, as an expat, I want you guys to think about this. This is just an opinion. Like you you make friendships out of need, out of necessity. Right? Think about it. In school, how, how many best friends did you have when you were little? How many times did those things rotate? Because you're like, you know what? I like you. I don't need you like that. <laughs> I have other options, right? And because you had other options, the people that stuck were real friends. Blake, real friend. Oh, you guys don't know who he is. He's one of my best friends. He's, he stuck because he wasn't just an option. We vibed. We gelled. We're good people. He's a great person. We make each other better. We challenge each other, right? We we would compete, but it was a composite. A positive competition growing up was like we pushed each other to be better in relationships financially as friends, right? Like that, that's different. Whereas you're an expat, you ain't got that many options. So sometimes, you know, you 
choose friends or you have friends, you pick friends to fill a need. Oh. So in that sense, are they crisis friends? Right? Remember, in crisis, your true personality comes out. Right? And think about it. In broad, being abroad by yourself, it's, it's a different kind of crisis. It's a crisis in the sense that you don't have friends and family. So if you are an outrovert, you seek more friends and not or just people that you want to know that are outroverts, but you may not build that strong bond and connection. If you're an introvert, you seek others who are introverts, who understand you, but you may not build that strong bond. You may. I'm not saying that you can't, you know what I'm saying? But you may. And one thing that I want people to kind of think about was like, you know, as expats is would your friends abroad that you make abroad? in other countries or in the country that you live in, would they be your friends back home long-term? Now, see, here's what's different with social media. Now you can stay connected with people without staying connected to people. Oh, yeah, I saw you was doing this on Instagram, on your story. So you feel connected to them because you have access to them and what they do every day. Some people post everything they do all day. I don't necessarily do that. I post when when I want to. You may not, if you're my real friend, you know what I'm doing because you're reaching out to me. You're asking questions. But think about it. But again, I grew up in the before social media area era. So like people who were my friends genuinely that I met abroad, I had to seek them out. I had to text them. I had to Skype them. I had to, you know, figure out a way, email them to stay connected. Right? It's so different now. Because we, even though we make these friends abroad and we come back to our home countries and they may be from the same country as us, we never feel disconnected because we're always connected. But take, take away those connections, right? Because most of my, my best friends aren't online. I have to call them. I love that about my friends. They don't use social media the way that I do. That's how I know they're best friends. Why I, I value and love them as friends. I have to call them. Outside of Jeremiah, I have to call them. It's out of my one friend who I've known all my life. I have to call them. Otherwise, I don't know what's going on. They have to call me. Otherwise, they can see my social media, but they know me. They're like, yeah, no, nah, something wrong. Let me check on Carl. They, they, they just know. Real friends. But take that away. The friendships that we make and build abroad, or even at work, take that away. Are they real friendships? Because think about it. When you when before social media, your work friends, you pick and chose who met your family, your friends, your kids, your boyfriends, girlfriends, all of that. Oh, yeah, she's just a work friend. Was different than she's a friend or he's a friend. It's very different. So in a sense, this is, again, something to think about, putting it out there. Are the friends you make abroad that don't turn into those long-term friends, are they crisis friends? Right? Think about it. Friends you make in crisis or associates you make in crisis. Right. And I know it's so fascinating, like people's personalities are amplified in crisis because it's like, like, really think about it. Imagine if you're abroad and you were going through something like physically, mentally, like with the coronavirus, you were going through something. Right. And you just have that one negative friend that's always super negative And it's amplified when you're going through crisis instead of helping you, giving you feedback, encouraging you. They just talk about more negative stuff and just drags you down. And then, you know, you kind of, I think the coronavirus has opened up a lot of people's eyes to realize people, expats, and even people people just live in other countries. I, I don't need to be your friend. 
this is when when our friendship stopped being beneficial to one person or the other or both, I realized now you wouldn't even be my friend back home. I don't need this. I don't. I don't even want this. You are super negative. You you are attaching, you are putting your drama and your and your negative mindset onto me. And it low-key drugged me down. You're a crisis friend. <laughs> I was in crisis and you were somebody that I felt connected to. You provided a level of comfort for me. But would I have chosen you if I didn't need that in crisis mode? No. I know this is hard to hear because people throw around the word friend all willy-nilly. The older I've gotten, the more I realize everybody not your friend. And everyone's not meant to be your friend. But as you know, I'm always going to keep it positive. If you have the chance, and when you do have the chance to meet great people and make great friends and connections, value them. Like I, I work with someone who, from the moment I first started talking to her, I was like, man, we'd be super cool friends outside if we didn't work together. <laughs> She's just so cool. We just get along. We get each other's jokes. We laugh. We're, we're kind-hearted, open, fun people. And I could just tell. Like, it's weird because we work remotely, so I don't really get to see her in person and interact. But you just know. But those are the friendships that you treasure, that you value. Like, think about how many crisis connections, crisis connections that you have. People that are quote-unquote friends. This is specifically for expats, but even for people who live in America. Friends that you ain't really that cool with. You don't really kick it with like that, Right? So know how to, where and how to interact with your crisis friends and then put more value, effort, and energy through your real friends. Ain't that what Kanye said? Shout out to Donda. She rest in peace. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But that's it. I went over about three minutes. I'm sorry, y'all. I just want y'all to think about crisis friends. Uh, Give me feedback on this. I'm actually really interested to hear people's uh, commentary on crisis friends from an expat's and a non-expat's perspective. But that's enough for me, y'all. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Black Expat Podcast. My name is Carl, and y'all know what time it is. We out, Chip.